0: Traveling
1: the Vortex
2: We've joined the Doctor as he travels the Vortex and arrive at episode 424, where we've redecorated. I don't like it. I'm Keith.
0: <laughs> I might like it. I'm Sean. I'm Glenn.
2: How are you guys?
0: I might like it
3: you never know <laughs> i don't like it sean never does i'm the grumpy old man of the group <laughs> right. i'm all right how are you not too bad tired how are you Glenn?
2: i'm tired
0: too they just took the, zap the energy out of me well
3: i'm like on sitting so in that... a three-hour meeting oh Let's move on so that we can get this on the road and get up, get you home and go to bed. <laughs> I woke
0: up at four thirty this morning and have been up ever since. Oof, I don't, same. Don't know why. We did buy a sleep. But number you do bed. that every day. <laughs> yeah, that's my standard. We did buy a sleep number bed over the weekend, so we're excited Ooh. for that to come. It comes next Tuesday, so Aww. hopefully that will yeah, hopefully that will help my back.
3: <laughs> the sleep number bed and the tractor beam. Tuesday. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we watched uh, Mary Ta- Poppins Returns over the oh, how'd you like it i liked it a lot it's uh i think this echoes sean it's it's charming it's um it's certainly not as good as the first one but it's i think it's a, a worthy uh follow-up um it's got really enjoyable music um the tone of the film is relatively cookie cutter to the original but they've made it different enough that uh it, it it's an enjoyable um self story you know it, it it is its own story even mm-hmm. though there's shadows in the tone um mm. we liked it we enjoyed it a lot We definitely i i went in bought the bullet and bought it bit the bullet and bought it well that's a tongue twister <laughs> there's, there's a lot of bees not, in there. The <laughs> bullet and bit it um before we watched it because it just you knew i knew it'd be one that i would own so and i was glad i did so oh, that's good and, and it's a couple of neat little cameos i just wish julie andrews had done one but i understand uh, why she didn't do hers well, yeah
3: i thought about that i'm not sure i'm with you there's a part of me i was like oh there's another part of me was like i don't know how that would work because <laughs> now all of a sudden i would yeah make you think about it too much and yeah, take you out of it, the yeah, whole just,
2: situation and, but it was yeah.
0: nice to see dick van dyke who played bert and the uh, actress that played jane are in it both oh so that's yeah. nice of course the actor that played um uh, Michael died. So. Oh, yeah. Actually, I think he committed suicide
2: when he was a teenager, so... Oh,
0: wow. Yeah. But it
2: and was And it the... had what's-her-face. It had Angela Lansbury in it, Yeah, too, right? I,
0: think she ins- I think she subbed in for um, the cameo that they had made for Julie Andrews. Oh, okay. Yeah.
3: I think it's just because, you know, Angela Lansbury's awesome and... Well, she is, and, and I think she was...
0: <laughs> but I, I really think... It just... In the context of the film, that would have been the Julie Andrews part, and I think they thought, well, the next best get would be Angela Lansbury. So it's, it
3: seems a very Mary Poppins-ish role. Yeah.
0: Uh, that was it. I don't really watch anything else. I played a lot of Minecraft. So, and I saw <laughs> that uh, Mel and Sean have now joined the realm. So I am super stoked
3: citizens of the realm super stoked
0: <laughs> and i liked your name <laughs> suggestion but i'm going to give it time to let everybody make some submissions but i i, I saw that and i thought yeah i like planet bob <laughs> uh holly said uh to tell you thank you for the tickets uh, caitlin and her used them and uh, they quite enjoyed in the
2: heights so. good where are you going this week
3: uh yeah, nice I, week. I i went on thursday What would you think? Uh, I really enjoyed it as well. I'll go so far as I think it's the best show they've done all season. Oh, all right. And then I ran into Jim Ramos afterwards, and he says, what are you doing here? Were you sitting with the Eulers? I said, oh, was Dave and Lori here tonight? He goes, yeah. I said, no, I was was archiving. I recorded it tonight, and he fell apart. He goes, no, not tonight. This was the worst night we've ever done. (laughs) (laughs) Poor Mike problems. The audience had no energy. Please, please, please come back another night. I'm busy, man. I don't know if I'm going to get a chance. I mean, if it makes you feel better, it was great. I didn't think there were problems. I really enjoyed it. I got a text from him 15 minutes later. I pulled the cast. They said we'll take up a collection and pay you to come back and (laughs) (laughs) record. But unfortunately, the show runs Thursday, Friday, Saturday. That's it. And I'm at Planet Comic Con all three of those days this week. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So.
0: Yeah, we got that coming up this weekend. So. Yeah,
3: but no, I, I agree with you. I thought it was really good. Um, I, I definitely think it's uh, it's one now that I I, I I will go back now and listen to the soundtrack. Uh, I, was, I enjoyed it that much. So
0: good. Did you guys watch anything?
3: We went and saw um, oh, what's the Rebel Wilson one? The um, Valentine's Day, isn't it romantic? Where she gets conked on the head, and winds up oh. inside a, a romantic comedy. And it's very cute. And it's very tropey because all of the romantic comedy tropes are put on display, and it's fairly predictable because all the romantic comedy tropes are on display. Now. But <laughs> that's kind of the point of it. So mm-hmm. it was, it was just—it was cute. It was a lot of fun.
0: I'm excited to see her in the uh, *Dirty Rotten Scoundrels* remake that she's doing. With are they remaking it? I didn't, I didn't it's, know. It's oh, is that, that, that what that is? It's got a different title, but it's—it's it's the premise of, of *Dirty Rotten Scoundrels*. In fact, the, the, the tagline says, um, oh, I can't remember what it says, something about uh, taking care of those dirty, rotten men or something like that. Yeah, that's, Because it, watching the trailer, I went, oh, that's totally a remake of Dirty Rotten. I mean, always, they've changed it a little bit. It's a yeah. gender swap. Um, but then when that tagline was there, I was like, okay, that's what they've done, is they've remade this and named it something different. So
2: I don't tend to be a Rebel Wilson fan, but I thought the movie looked kind of good. Yeah. Me too. Did you watch anything? I did not this week. Nothing. Nothing. I did finish reading uh, Umbrella Academy Volume Two, and really enjoyed it. (laughs) It ties in a lot of the stuff from the series that I I liked, so (laughs) it all makes sense now. (laughs) (laughs) I finished up
0: the uh, Target book, which I did a little mini review when I was most of the way done last a couple weeks ago, but and then I'm about halfway through Doctor Who: Seeker of Vault 13, which is the Goodreads. Mm. traveling vortex book club book of the month so that's that 13th doctor book right yes it is and uh about halfway done it and so far i'm enjoying it um i don't want to say much about it because i kind of like to do a mini review um when i'm done for the month so and then of course you can see a review online too
2: yeah anything else did you go see anything else john no No, that was it let's move on to news well more things to add to your to read pile. Yeah. Two books from... I love, I love this concept. This it's is such so a cool, cool idea. Two books from Candy Jar Books. Lethbridge Stewart, The Laughing Gnome. Lucy Wilson and the Bledo Cadets. And then there's the Lucy Wilson Mysteries, The Brigadier and the Bledo Cadets. So it's two books written by Tim Graham Bell from two different perspectives in time. So the Brig meets Lucy in hurt his past and now I, and then You're i start getting confused yeah. <laughs> the brick meets
0: her in his past well i think they're both meeting in the in the they're both meeting right while in his past but he also but gets to one s- book is his perspective of the events, yes and the other book is her perspective of the events so the w- lucy wilson mysteries is from her perspective right and the laughing known or lethbridge stewart laughing gnome series book is from his perspective gotcha. and it's still the older brig
2: he's just sent back into his younger correct body. yes that's the part i was yes. trying to connect how the older brig gets to spend time with his granddaughter right. again
0: so i think that's a very clever idea it's that's an ambitious project for yeah one author so i'll be interested to read those and see how that goes
2: and it's his first full-length novel, too. He's only written shorts up to this point. Oh, wow. Well, he's written two now. <laughs> two novels. <laughs> two full-length two novels. Two for the price of one. Well, uh, not really. <laughs> two <laughs> for the, two price,
0: for of the two. price of two. <laughs> it's, an inter- it's an interesting
3: question. Tim, did they pay you the two-for-one rate? Or? <laughs> <laughs> it's like Fraser Hines when he does audios. Right. A second doctor.
2: That's it for news. Wow. Just those... Awesome books that are going to be coming that I can't wait to read. There's
0: not a lot going on this
3: week, is there? There really isn't. And Doctor Who is And still not on.
0: I feel like we haven't. We I feel like we just got together and recorded. And I think part of that's because I got the episode eight out so late last week because <laughs> we recorded on Tuesday, so it's been almost a week, almost a whole week. And we wasn't able to get the episode out till Thursday. So, all right,
1: well
3: let's. I move blame on. Minecraft. <laughs>
0: let's move. <on>. No, <laughs> it, it wasn't that. It was in fact I haven't played for last today. this morning was the first time I'd gotten on in a while. So. I'm teasing. <laughs> uh,
2: so, yeah, let's move on to feedback. Our first bit of feedback comes from Jamie.
3: Jamie writes, Hi, Vortexers. Hope you're doing well. Episode 79, Torchwood, Children of Earth. Never watch this, although I've heard it's one of the best Torchwood stories ever. Enjoying your review. One question that couldn't have come up in this episode, although it might have come up later, is how does Peter Capaldi compare in his roles as Frobisher Calcius from Fires of Pompeii and the Twelfth Doctor, and what are your thoughts on him as an actor? Yes, those questions will be answered later, (laughs) at least from your perspective Jameson. On a side note from the TARDIS wiki, in the Torchwood Declassified episode, Cracking Children of Earth, Russell T. Davies suggests that since they're played by the same actor, Frobisher may be a descendant of Calcius, and goes on to note that in a sense, Frobisher's killing of his family brings closure to the saving of Calcius' family in the earlier episode. cool. I like that. This was confirmed by Stephen Moffat, who stated that Frobisher's suicide was time's way of reasserting itself. That's cool. That's That's really really clever. I had not thought of that. It
0: took a long time to reassert itself, but...
3: (laughs) The web of time is fickle. Yes. (laughs) As for Captain Jack, I enjoyed him in Doctor Who. He was fun and lovable. I went into Torchwood Season 1 thinking, ah, it's got Captain Jack in it. I like Captain Jack. Torchwood will probably be fun. I found, as I stated my comments on Season 1, that I didn't care for it. That said, Jaron Barrowman is a great actor. I enjoyed him in both Doctor Who and the Arrowverse. A release you should look at one of these days is the lives of Captain Jack from Big Finish. It's just a fun Doctor Who-Captain Jack for the most part. I enjoyed it, and think you guys will too. Moving on to episode 80, I wasn't overly thrilled by the amazing Spider-Man films. The Raimi films were okay. The one I remember seeing was the third. I really liked Homecoming. On the topic of demo derbies, did you know that in Florida they have school bus races that are sort of a cross between NASCAR and Demolition Derby? That <laughs> <laughs> seems like a.
2: Only in Florida. I've never, <laughs> well, <been> to, yeah. <laughs> I've never been to one, but I've seen clips.
3: So, Shada. I enjoyed it. Carnatus is awesome. The Doctor is great. Romana does well. It has a good villain. Adam's writing is a nice mix of adventure, humor, and brilliance. I've seen the VHS version on DVD, listened to the audio, and read the book, although the book and audio have been a while. I really wish that this had been completed, because it probably would be looked upon as a classic, with possibly the same or greater renown as City of Death. Also, the actor who plays Skagra in the original played Jarek in the Star Wars Dark Forces Jedi Knight video game back in the 90s. On the topic of anime, That's not what I would have normally associated him with off the top of my head, but, you know. <laughs> to each his own, I guess. On the topic of animated webisodes, there are four that I know of. Real Time, Shada, Death Comes to Time, and Scream of the Shaka. All four are in a state of quasi-canon. Shaka was to be the official Ninth Doctor until the series started up again. Real Time is maybe at least partially canon, except for Evelyn becoming the cyberleader. Maybe cyber Evelyn is an alternate timeline. Shada, the issues lie with the involvement of the Eighth Doctor, and Death Comes to Time is considered an alternate timeline negating the TV movie. I listened to the audio of this a long time ago. It also happens to star Stephen Fry in a guest role. That's really interesting that we've had four attempts at doing an animation (sighs) that all kind of wound up being, no, (laughs) just for various reasons.
0: uh, Could I explain that?
3: Well, that that all of the... um, a webisode. They, they,
0: they mean they, they. The fact that they couldn't go anywhere. They can't anywhere. really go canon be canonized because, well, the re, the, re, yeah, for, the for, restart for, of the series certainly changed that. Right, now. but I mean,
3: for for various reasons, one or the other, right, something happened that has now decanonized all of the the, the, the yeah, webisodes. Yeah, I mean, that's real, kind of an interesting
0: real time. Well, yeah, real time probably or not real time. The other one, uh, death comes to time. I think that was intentionally done outside of canon. Because they were toying with the idea of, of taking the movie out of the mix. So the movie had had happened before real time was realized. Um so that's the only one after the fact. But yeah, I mean uh I think you, uh, we're getting a little deep on this, but I think and we'll probably revisit this I think when we maybe get to our final re- the Death Comes when the we time, get to death the comes so, the Time.
3: But I, I certainly since think since we did them backwards, they,
0: they're all they're all kind of thrown out of the mix because of extenu- extenuating circumstances. I just thought
3: that was an interesting wow. How did that happen?
0: Uh, the ninth, the uh, uh, the new series returning is what really kind of <laughs> conked everything right. Plus the many versions of Shada that they continue to cover
3: <laughs> Can we get a new one called Shada Deja Vu?
0: <laughs> Shada.
3: Again, David Beerley is canine. I didn't care for him. <laughs> I'm used to John Leeson, both on TV and in Big Finish.
0: Canine with laryngitis. Yep. Beerley
3: just didn't sound right. However, I'd love to see Leeson as canine in more stories with McGann or Tennant. I'd love to see David Leeson as canine in more stories. Period. Mm-hmm. As the competition compares, well,
0: There's going to be in that movie that's <laughs> supposed to come out this year, but I haven't seen anything about
3: it. Canine versus Omega. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. As to the competition comparison between the TV, audio, webcast, and book, I do agree the book was great, although it's been ages since I've read it. The TV is original and therefore has its place. The episode I didn't care for the animation, and it's been a while since I listened to the audio. Finally, a few little things that came to me. First, the whole bit as the Doctor's convincing Skaggar's ship that he's dead reminded me very much of the Schrodinger's cat scenes in Zagreus. Second, could Ripper be the interfering nun? Third, (laughs) it's an interesting idea. (gasps) I think the idea of the older Tom Baker being the curator in the VHS recon is a great recon. And finally, I'm curious if there's an an update on the Ian Levine animated version and if the version was recently released. Or if it's the version that was recently released.
0: No, it is not the version that was released. This is a brand new version with the uh, animators that have been doing the more current stuff. Uh, Macroterra was theirs, or will be theirs. Um, and uh, Power of the Daleks Daleks was theirs as well. Uh, No, the Ian Levine cut never really went anywhere. Uh, It's circulated from time to time on the internet, uh, the the clips that they did. And uh, it was actually, (laughs) there were a bunch of people at Galley one year hovered around a um, Gallifrey one out in California, the Doctor Who Convention out there, Hovered around The year we were out there, as a matter of fact, hovered around a television uh, watching this when it came out or when it, when it, <laughs> it ended up on the internet. But uh, Ian Levine's really kept it pretty close to his chest. It, there's some wonder now if he would probably put it back out there now that there is an animated version of Shada, of Shada uh, because he endeavored on this project in order to try to sell it to the BBC. And he right. got all of the voice cast back together with the exception of Tom Baker, uh, and had uh, the guy that, that does the Tom Baker impersonation that's really famous for it, who does a very, very passable Tom Baker, got it together, proposed it to the BBC, the BBC or to entertain, did not uh, option it. So uh, it never went anywhere, and I think Ian Levine feels pretty slighted and hurt by that, especially now that there is an animated <laughs> version of it out there. So I wonder if maybe it'll start popping up and circulating it's on the internet again. Possible. This version actually got Todd Baker to, uh, <laughs> to <laughs> voice his lines. So.
3: Who knows? Anyway, on to other comments. One thing that's occurred to me, and probably has to you too, is that Ice Warriors would make ideal Legos. They already have the hands for it.
2: It's <laughs> <laughs> true. That is, yeah.
3: It's never occurred to me before now.
2: <laughs> and the helmets that could go over the Lego head. Yeah.
3: What TV story would you guys most like to see turned into a Lego set? My answer would be all of them, with two to five sets for each story, (laughs) but my top ones would be the Tenth Planet Ice Base, Invasion of Time, maybe the Panopticon, the TV movie Eye of Harmony, Parting of the Ways, just the Doctor, Rose, Jack, Dalek Emperor, and Dalek Drones, Cold War, a self-contained submarine and an ice warrior, the Zygon, Inversion, the Black Archive, and Resolution at the Internet Hub. I'm not sure how novels or audio could translate into Lego, but maybe some of the comics could. Also, a Lego Doctor Who video game where you could play through all the TV stories would be awesome. <laughs> Any thoughts on that?
0: Claws of Axos would make a good set visually with all the different pieces you can do, and Seeds of Doom would be my other one just to see the <laughs> just to get a Scorby. No, <laughs> no, no, <laughs> no, because I think the play you could do, awesome. do a you could do a set that would be really cool, and the um one of the little plant things uh the uh crinoid crinoids, uh, I think would make really cool Legos.
2: The moon base could be really cool with that telescoping thing that they. The, oh, yeah, The, the yeah. Earth, the
3: weather control. Yeah. I think that'd be a good one. Invisible enemy. <laughs> Dude! A refueling station on <laughs> you'd, Titan. You'd, you'd get a canine. That, 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 that's, that's half the Lego sets that are already out right now. <laughs> and then, and then <laughs> exactly. A, and then a hospital on an asteroid <laughs> plus a Lego canine. That's, that's a that's plus a Plus the doctor's brain. The Nerva? A, oh, yeah. <laughs> That's a win-win. Nerva you could probably make Nerva be a would a good be, one.
0: You could probably use existing liberals, uh, Legos to make up a uh, passable doctor's brain, more than the
1: episode.
3: You know what would not make a good one <laughs> would be um, Nightmare and Silver because all you'd have to do is take one of the Lego castle sets and fill it with Cybermen <laughs> and call it good.
2: There you go. <laughs> be easy to do though.
3: Uh, that's everything for now. Great show. Keep it up, Jamie. Thank you, Jamie. Thank you, Jamie. We he have a, sent in some more. We have another one from Jamie. We get a double dose. Uh, he says, hi there, Vortexers. The snow is all but gone, and it slowly warms up. The wind, though, the wind is still cold. <laughs> it's the beginning of March as I write this, although if I calculated right, you're reading this around the beginning of April.
0: Ooh, he's close.
3: Just about nailed Very it. Very close. Episode 81. I think Men in Tights is my favorite Mel Brooks film. I've seen Spaceballs and wasn't overly thrilled with it. Okay, get out. I'm done. I'm not (laughs) Young Frankenstein is good, and I don't think I've seen Blazing Saddles.
0: Get out. I'm done.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Jamie, you have some homework. (laughs) Yeah. Also, my favorite salad dressing is Ranch, although I'm a bit picky on brands. It's kind of fun to get these footnotes and go, oh yeah, we did talk about that back then. Most of them I don't remember, but occasionally... So, the Croutons. (laughs) I'm going to whip that horse. I enjoyed the story. Jamie was given more to do here, but it's kind of middle of the road. It's been a while since I've seen it. Land of the Dead. Being only the fourth in the range, the second solo fifth Doctor, and the first Nyssa, I forgive a lot for this story. It's an enjoyable listen if it's all you've got. It's not one of Big Finish's best, but it isn't at the deep low end. I enjoyed the premise of it. The sound design, the characterization of the guest cast was okay, but not great. The Doctor and Nyssa do fine, and the idea of the monster is kind of cool. Throw it all together, and it's kind of middle ground for me. It's just not one that I'll go back to on repeat Listen, and greats list, but it's not terrible. Your comments do have validity. If I recall, the CD case of the story has a map of Brett's house in it, I think. You might be able to find it online. Yes, the Alaskan superstitions kind of go nowhere once the monsters show up, and I agree the guest cast is just kind of meh, I found it enjoyable, still enough, to listen to every once in a while, especially if I'm marathoning the main range like I am now. However, all that said, I still like it more than Minuet in Hell. <laughs> I don't know if I'd go that far. It didn't have the... By the thousand. way,
0: they're, they're all a joy to listen to if it's all you've got. <laughs> <laughs> because, I mean, it's Doctor Who for crying out loud. It's true.
3: There's true. All who is good who. Oh, and before I move on to the next episode, you guys are awful. <laughs> I did not listen all the way through the closing song, Doctor in Distress, sounded very 80s not in a good way <laughs>
0: well it was done in the 80s so i think i'll leave <laughs> it at that <laughs> on
3: to episode I'm 82 it,
0: i'm gonna put it right here and <laughs> gonna cut it right into here make him listen to it before the end of the email he's i will
3: pause here. for effect <laughs>
0: <laughs> we should re we should remake the song you just the three of us we should recut it and, with audio and everything <gasps> right Retrack it yeah mm-hmm. retrack it why not Yes. We'll, we'll do a cover of it there we go that's what it's called yes
3: <laughs> and it will be available only for Patron subscribers. subscribers there you go <laughs> that might drive them away yeah exactly <laughs> what
2: if we do what if we find a way to improve it as we cover it
3: we could improve it by not releasing it <laughs>
2: I'm just saying, there's a lot of room to improve. That's what we, that's what, join our
3: Patreon page, or we will release it. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> if you want to see this remain buried, fork over some cash. Uh, on to episode 82. So first, The Dark Knight Rises. I've seen it, remember it being really good, a fitting into The Dark Knight Trilogy. It's been quite a while, so I can't much more, although Tom Hardy's a hidden gem of an actor. Bane, Mad Max, Eddie Brock Venom. The man is versatile and very good at what he does. Dalek Archive 5, Death to the Daleks. Decent story, enjoyable, not a favorite of mine. The Dalek guns being useless was a nice twist. (laughs) Now one of my favorite Dalek stories, Apocalypse Element. I love this story. Me too. It's fast-paced, the Daleks feel threatening, and Colin Baker gets some great moments. His Life Wins speech is awesome. I've got a longer review written for my next set of reviews. In some ways, it feels a bit like Invasion of Time, where it almost feels like you've got two linked but different stories here. I've read, but don't remember where, that RTD really views this story as part of the Time War. It did take me a couple of listens and more familiarity with Six, Evelyn, and the lore to really enjoy it. Moving on to the Mutant Phase. It's been a long time since I've listened to this one, so I don't really remember too many details. I remember it kind of being boring and a bit slow, especially compared to the Apocalypse element, and rather confusing. Moving on to episode 83, the Nyman Archive. Now, I'm going to get it out of the way here. I don't mind the Nyman. In your news segment, you talked about Mary Tam's passing. The name of oh. the John Way film where everyone worked on that got cancer because it was filmed near a nuclear test site is The Conqueror, where John Wayne plays Genghis Khan. I remember that now that he uh, mentioned it here. And yes, I, I had to go back and look it up. Over 90 people yeah. on that film got cancer. Wow. So, yeah, it was kind of a, you know, big deal. The Horns of Nyman. I don't mind this one. It's not great, but it's not terrible. When it comes to repurposed Greek myths in Doctor Who, I enjoyed this over Underworld. It was entertaining, but uh, more in the corny, not very serious sort of way. The actors playing the Nyman were actually professional dancers. As for Soul Deed, I'd say he comes off a little bit of a cross between Jonathan Price's Master, as you said, and Brian Blessed's King Yachranos. Seasons of Fear was an enjoyable story. I really liked it, and it's a highlight of the second 8 Charlie season. It has almost a keys of Marinus feel with the different locations and times as we hopscotch through the Doctor and Grail's meetings. Charlie and the Doctor have hit their stride and are extremely enjoyable here. What are your thoughts on immortality in Doctor Who, and how the show has dealt with it? Now that we have such examples as Grail, Captain Jack, and his Shielder or Lady Me, it's something that might make a good discussion. Well, I, might make a good discussion.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's not like new, though. Does he mean like immortals?
3: Other than the Doctor, I, th- I mean, like well, like true immortality. Well, you've immortality got the the, show.
0: the Eternals. You've got the um, Guardian Guardians. You've got. I mean, there's there's been immortal immortal beings in Doctor Who uh, in the past. So, I mean, I I guess I never really batted an eye to the fact that they've introduced it more recently with. More earthbound characters, but um, I'm fine with it. I don't kind of prefer I don't them being tr- otherworldly uh,
2: than our earthbound people. Yeah,
0: you can't um, you can't count Captain Jack as an immortal though, because he does die. It's true. If you subscribe to the face of both theory, he eventually dies. So,
3: well, he dies repeatedly. He just keeps coming back. Well, I mean, <laughs> for good. <laughs> <laughs> that's it this time. Really enjoying your show. Keep up the good work, Jamie
2: Very good. Thank Thank you,
0: Jamie. All right. Well, let's move on to. Well, we don't exactly have a review, do we?
2: And no synopsis.
0: We are doing console rooms. What'd you call this in the uh, schedule? You had a really cool name for it
3: Desktop Themes, I think.
0: (laughs) Something like
2: that. Yeah, that sounds right.
3: So, of all of the. um,
0: Evolution of the console. Evolution so of the console room, again. thank oh, you. Oh, desktop themes and
3: evolution of the console room. Yeah. Probably was a colon in there somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it occurred to me that within science fiction, the, the the console room or the command room or the bridge or, or whatever it is, I mean, this is the, the, the nerve center of your ship. This is the heart of the action and it's got to look the part because this is realistically where all your filming takes place, at least the majority of it, 90% right. of the time. Um, and with Star Trek, the bridge is a very iconic set. It's its, it's a, an image that, you know, calls to mind adventure mm-hmm. and, and that kind of, you know, everything focusing inward on the captain's seat and, and, and that kind of drives the drama. And with Doctor Who you would think that they would have something similar. You would think that they would want to design a a, a room that has that same uh, command of the screen, that same kind of sense of self-importance. Um, and yet I was thinking about it, and how many times, I mean, we, we get some early, but for the most part, a huge chunk of Doctor Who is the TARDIS gets them from A to B,
1: Yes. Oh, yeah. and,
3: and 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 then we leave the ship, and we don't see the console room again. Well, a lot of times, we don't even see the console room. We use the exterior shell. We get in and out of the box, and we're done.
2: Yeah.
3: Uh, and so it's it's really not featured much. And I thought that was kind of an interesting because it, it, for my money, the console room really is kind of the heart of the show. It's it's one of the important pieces of lore that kind of go along with it. It's
2: home base. Yeah.
3: Um. And so the fact that they you know they do keep redesigning it. And coming back to it, um, and then there's the third doctor who was very fickle because he kept tweaking it <laughs> over, and over and over. Every time we saw it, it was slightly different. To be fair, he was,
0: most of that time he was trying to get it off the planet. <laughs>
3: <laughs> maybe that, maybe that was a side effect of every every time he reconfigured the uh, the, the console, it had to do something different to the look.
0: Then again, he traveled with just the console tool. <laughs>
3: <laughs> no not, even, room. not
0: even part of the console room. It's
3: like taking the hard drive out of your computer. I don't need the rest of this. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, to your point of uh, Star Trek and the, the, the captain's and kind of the center of attention, I think that um, to that point, I think that the console room is very much the anti-Star Trek bridge. In the sense that the Star Trek bridge is more, you know, sleek, designed, and poignant to, as you said, emphasize the captain's chair. I think to that point, and probably most appropriate because it's Doctor Who having to do with time, is it's circular and, for the most part, round and chaotic. And I think that that speaks mounds to what Doctor Who can be, especially when you're dealing with a uh, a, a, series series. With, of time travel that you're, you know, nothing is happening for the most part linearly except for the doctor's timeline and any companions that happen to be joining them at the time. And so I think that that circular chaotic feel is actually very much appropriate in the same respect that the uh, Bridge of the Enterprise is appropriate for that series as well. That's so a I good point. I hadn't thought I, of that. I, I, that kind of just came to me. I mean, it wasn't something I've been stewing about. It's something that came to me as you pointed that out, and I thought, oh yeah, I guess I suppose that then this also uh, leads it. right down to the fact the round roundels, the you know, again, everything's chaotic, round, yeah, very chaotic nature too of the of the uh, uh, console itself. Um, all the bells and whistles, the fact that it's really meant to have six people flying it instead of one, <laughs> those kind of things I think uh, lend to the heart of the of the show and, and what the what what the series is about.
2: And I think it also instead of taking all attention to one person or one seat, it takes all attention to the actual console and the time rudder being the center of the of the room. It's not always and in the center. Well, yeah It's close <laughs> Usually It at least draws your attention yeah. Whenever you're watching it To what's What what the doctor is either doing at the console Or what the time rotor is moving and doing At least for me So it, it kind of Has the same purpose as the bridge But serves the show
3: in a much better aspect Depends on how long the extension cord was <laughs> Right <laughs> Why didn't they tape over that? So they could move it. Well, but I mean, you know. Sometimes they needed more room to film. Gaffer's tape. You tape down so that nobody trips over the cord. You can't see it. It could be the same color as the floor. Certainly somebody there went, yeah, I can see the like, cord. I like, in my head, oh, can you didn't that. see it as often as we, we make out that you can? No, not until now. <laughs> it's, not, it's not until I've come As a kid, I never saw it. I never saw that cord. Oh, I didn't either. But...
2: I, I have my head cannon that the doctor got tired of tripping over it, and so the next rebuild, he made sure it was in the floor as opposed to on top of the floor. Uh-huh. See, now why, I've worked it in. That's why at one point he raised the floor, so he could underneath exactly. and work on it.
3: Yeah. I now have it in my headcanon that every time Tom Baker fell down, he tripped over that cord. Yeah, you're <laughs> just going <couldn't> to see it. <laughs> so I'm going to ask the horrible question. Do we have a favorite? Of all the the console rooms that have come and gone, and
0: mine certainly, and it just comes down to the not the fact of even the aesthetics of the console room. It's just be the first one that I saw was Tom Baker's with that kind of grayish background with the white roundels, the grayish console. Uh, it certainly got darker gray as as his series went on, on as well, but uh, it never never was that what we imagine to be the pristine white, even though we know that the original console was a bit of a green hue mm-hmm. because of the fact that they were shooting in black and white. But we always presumed that it was a pristine white. And I think later in, uh, in fact, I think the uh, uh, Once Upon a uh, Twice, or upon, twice a upon a Time they showed it as the pristine white um, that they that we presumed that it was. Um, obviously, um, the third doctor had that green because they just had the console left over. Um, but I think that that Tom Baker's for, even though there were always subtle changes to the console room throughout his era. I think those are that's really kind of my favorite. Um,
3: There's a line console. in Time Crash. He says, you've changed the desktop theme, did What is this, Coral? It's worse than... Does he say Seafoam sea Green?
0: I don't, specifically don't
2: remember specifically that he said that either. That, yeah.
3: Maybe not. Maybe I'm making that up. I just wondered if that was suddenly... A, a I don't gig. remember the
2: it's worse than. What is this, Coral?
3: What is this, Coral?
2: Uh, I have to say my favorite is either the first 11th Doctor uh, theme or the 8th Doctor's TV movie one. Those two are pretty high up there in Tide. Just 11 mostly for, you know, it is the first one I really paid attention to and or saw. And just the dynamics of what they could film in the room was, I think, a, a huge benefit and a lot more variety than they had ever had before. And 8 steampunky Girders were just really pretty to look at.
3: <laughs> I'm so torn.
0: It's you know, 8s A- wasn't even really steampunk no, per se. It was, just, it was more uh H. G. Wells, yeah, than anything. So, um,
3: I, I kind, you know, I kind of come down right between you guys because obviously, you know, the the loyalist in me is like, yeah, Tom Baker's because it's you know, that's that's it. That's the, that's the iconic one in my head. If you were to say TARDIS console room, that's the one that springs to mind first. But then I did really enjoy Matt Smith's. I thought the, the upstairs, downstairs, you know, it was, it was a little,
0: are we talking pre snowman or are we talking post snowman?
3: Pre snowman. The, um, the, yeah. Amy and Rory with, one. With the, the Amy and Rory one with the glass floor and, um, uh and all that. it just it it had a very um what's the uh asher almost an mc escher kind of mm-hmm. look to it as if to say yes it's not only bigger on the inside but now we've added this extra dimensions kind of folding in on itself look they didn't really go for it but it was kind of implied that that was a a thing to it and i just i thought that was really cool um but yeah eight is such a gorgeous it's i mean it's a gorgeous console it's a gorgeous room it's a gorgeous Concept with the cathedral ceilings and the fact that the entire ceiling is a view screen, and just I oh, yeah. I love every single facet of that one, it's so cool. So, I don't know if I could pick a favorite or not. I'm terrible How about a least favorite. Can you pick one of those?
0: The coral one, finds the coral as well.
3: It's interesting. Both of you, huh? Yeah.
1: yeah.
0: Overall, I, I I certainly think there's a honorable mention for <laughs> worst would be uh, the eleventh doctors, but hers I like. Oh, wait. Hers, Did you mean the thirteenth 13th? or thirteenth 13th doctors? Sorry, thirteenth doctor. I was thinking 11th series, thirteenth uh, doctors because uh, I I like. The console room and the console itself. I do not like those weird-looking crystalline. Yeah, they almost the look weird like. Pillars. I looked at them the other day. They almost look like um, crab legs. You know when you order crab legs at Red Lobster, for those of you who are lucky enough to live in the coasts, it, that's what it looks like to me. And I just I don't like those. But that being said, There's I a could macro underneath it. <laughs> I could take those out, and would be in love with her console room. So
2: I whereas, like her console itself, yeah, the room that's what not I'm so much. See, I like the I even the walls. like the room. I, I like, like the, the, walls. the far walls. I like the yeah.
0: roundels. It's just those silly crystalline structures that make up the columns. But with uh the ninth and 10th doctor's console room, I just the, the coral is overwhelming, but then it's the coral with that industrial background that I don't like. And I think the console's almost too industrialized for me, for my taste. So, yeah. I've I never, also don't really fan like fan that it.
2: it's on, like, its own platform. I don't can't, like that. That you can't get underneath and that the walls are separated. Like, there's a... You, if you drop something over the railing, that you'd have to you've just, lost it. You lost it. It's like being at a zoo, and you're the enclosure, as opposed to you know everything else. I don't—I don't like that part of
0: it. I, that, that didn't bother me so much. In fact, that kind of made to me made the room feel bigger or look bigger, and so I kind of—I appreciated that
2: much of it.
3: What happened to that very important thing I told you not to drop? Um, <laughs> How would you get it if you did
2: drop something and things are flying around the way they are? How are you going to get down there? It dropped into
3: the heart of the TARDIS. It's gone. Yeah,
2: but that leads to that whole industrial look
0: too, because down below there, it looks like there's just like pipes running everywhere. You know, where you can't stand if you're not on that you know platform dais there surrounding it. The grate. Yeah. Well, the grate has to be there so coffee can seep through to the or not coffee uh, tea Tea. can sleep seep through to the. That's true. Yeah, Coral, corals definitely. I agree. With that, my, my least favorite.
3: I. Oh man, I hate to be that guy. I. I yeah, the thirteenth doctors. I, I. I don't. I don't like the fingers. That's what I think of when I say it looks like a hand coming out of the floor that's just going to grab them and, and crush them all. Um, and it's that's it. It's just those those giant pink crystal columns, that. Don't really seem to serve any purpose other than blocking our view yeah. of what's going on. Well, that's what I, you know. If, if you got rid of that and lit it better, it would be gorgeous. If you
0: laid a crab or a lobster upside down, and I'm not talking about the, the the claws, I'm talking Actual about the legs. legs. It looks yeah. like it's an upside down shellfish with its legs reaching down to, to grab them, or reaching, pinching in to grab them.
3: Oddly enough, probably my second least favorite one would would be the Twelfth Doctor's. Would be the 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 helicopter.
2: See, I like the Whirlybird. I like twelve. twelves better than elevens. The changes they made to make twelves look different, I like that nice better than elevens. The, the
0: Whirlybird started with the eleventh. Yeah. yeah, I suppose that's true. And yeah. that was Farrow. too
2: dark and too green. The fact that they lightened it and added some red to it, I liked for
3: the 12th okay, fair doctor. enough. Well, I, I, we the bookcase. The, book, bookcases. the bookcases. You're right. Yeah. You're right. No, it's the, 11, the second eleventh Doctor. What I
0: liked do. about the twelfth uh, uh, Doctor's TARDIS is it suited him. He it had did. more of a per- professorial uh, look to him, even though he was kind of the, the punk rock professor. He had a p- professorial look to him. And so I thought that it really kind of enveloped uh, like a professor's study, like, almost like Kronotis's, uh study in Shana. Um That kind of invoked that feeling to me. So I think it, it worked so well for the 12th Doctor that I liked it.
3: If you could put any doctor in a different console room, what 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 would what, what what matches up to you? Because I look at twelve with the, the the punk rock, and I think he would fit really well in the TV movies console room. That to oh, me just no. as a match. I don't think so. Mm-hmm. You don't I think, think so? No, I liked him
2: in the first Doctor ones that we saw.
0: Because I think that the, uh, the that's almost too
2: obvious, though, isn't it?
0: The Eighth Doctor's console room is very. As I was saying, H.G. Wells, I think it's more Edwardian. Yeah. Um, and even though it's a, uh, what was it, Bat Masterson uh, costume or Wyatt Earp costume? Well, who's, whose costume was it? That he... Wyatt, Earp. He Wyatt was Earp. Wyatt Earp. Okay. Even though it was a Wyatt Earp costume, which invokes the late 1800s, it, his outfit to me always looked more Edwardian. And so yeah. I think it's it's it, it suits him well for his his look as well, so. No, I don't think I could put uh, yeah, I don't think I'd 12 in the I don't know. I mean, it's really easy to interchange anybody in classic era post or pre eighth doctor because the console rooms besides the color were so similar. However, so... the exception
2: is I can't see anybody but Tom in the secondary console. Yeah, or... I would agree. The paneling console. Uh, the I don't know. I could maybe see I could see 7 actually now that I say that.
0: I could see 7 and I could see the second doctor in that console room as well, and I think mostly mm, yeah. because it it's um it's not quite it, it's 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 like it's almost like a rugged look. Mm-hmm. I mean, what makes it look rugged is is all of the wood. But for me, I think that kind of speaks to the cosmic hobo type, and by that, I don't mean he uh, hobo is going to have some paneling in 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 his shanty somewhere. <laughs> But just the the wood features of it make me think Hobo. Because it's more low-tech. Yeah, exactly. And so I think that's why I think I can see the second Doctor utilizing that console room as well.
3: I could almost put the third Doctor in that one because it feels very much more like a den. It feels like sure. A, I can see like that. like a pub almost with the brass railings and you know if, if, if the, it was if there was a hint of green somewhere in that room. <laughs>
0: more so, I think the third doctor and the eighth Doctor's Yeah, I was about to say that the too. perfect fit.
3: Yeah, mm-hmm, maybe
0: and maybe even the twelfth doctors with the more professorial school look
2: to it. It's just hard to imagine three in a console room since there's not as many <laughs> as everyone else Since <laughs> it's, it's only the latter half of if his
0: room. if I run. can yank the console out and fly it yes it.
3: <laughs> can you picture anybody but 11 in 11s <laughs> no. I, mean, I can almost
2: imagine two in 11s and him running up and down the stairs giddy and excited I can yeah. totally see that
0: yeah maybe
3: Canine would not be happy. No, no.
2: You know, I really can't see one in fives. I'm kidding. <laughs> Although I did like probably five. the only doctor
0: we've seen is well, that's not true because we saw two in threes. But yeah, it's true. Uh, but yeah, we've seen we did see one five. in five <laughs> with the brand new stylized um, yeah console. And see, that's an and I like
2: the lineup roundels in his too. Yeah, the fact that his ra- lit up.
3: Too. I like the, the the light up roundels. I d- I didn't like the stylized uh, new console, the the little trim that they put around the baseboard and the the new neon and the in the two and he's dusting it. and It's supposed to be all like, ooh, you you know, look at this upgrade. I, no,
0: I've always liked it because it's too. I think it looks it, more sci-fi than. The pre- and the previous one looked very sci fi to me, and maybe because I'm watching a sci fi show, so I just don't automatically accept it. But when that one was unveiled in The Five Doctors, it felt even more sci fi to me
2: for some reason. Well, I think having that monitor in the console, too, yeah, really that makes a difference. Helps. And you can actually see that it's a monitor as opposed to things we just assume are monitors, right, as right. opposed to giant gauges we don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Bells and whistles. I right. think maybe
3: that's why I don't like the uh, the eleventh Doctor's. I think his his console reminds me of the of the fifth Doctor redesign. Maybe I you think mean the
2: eleventh Doctor redesign. The
3: eleventh Doctor redesign reminds me of the fifth Doctor redesign.
2: <laughs> you just don't like it when they redesign
3: things. No, I don't. I'm kind of anti-redesign. I didn't like the fourth Doctor's redesign either. <laughs>
2: I do especially like
0: the concept of being able to easily change the console room. Yeah. When you're dealing with something like the TARDIS that has, you know, transcendental inter- interior and the ability to just jettison rooms, you know, at whim, um, I think the the concept of, especially the the um, digital organics of the TARDIS, it makes sense that you could basically flip a switch and change, as the Fifth Doctor adequately said in um time crash you've changed the desktop theme i think i like that concept to the fact that it's easily dressed i also like the concept from what it's was
3: worse it? than leopard yeah that's, right. that's the that's yeah, the quote it right. something about leopard skin or leopard print or yeah. yeah
0: um and one of the things that that um well, the last one of thought. sorry <laughs> you've derailed my train um just the fact that you could cho- Oh, uh, the other one is the fact that uh, all of the TARDIS console rooms, both past and future, are archived in the. Uh, yeah. I think she said she had 30 archived at that point uh, in the. What was that story that Neil gave? Doctor's story? Wife. Doctor's Wife. Um, I like the concept of that you could pretty much recall any of the. Just the rooms.
3: idea um, of that. Never that we would actually see it in practice, but just the idea that we could made me happier than well, just about <laughs> anything. We sort of
0: saw it in practice because uh, Idris brought up one of those. Right, right. Brought up the coral, one. but I mean, brought up, up, one, up the coral brought, one. brought
3: up one that we. We're familiar. Not one we hadn't seen yet. One that outside of the universe we knew we had access to. But you you know what I'm saying. I I, I really seriously doubt at any point in time somebody's going to write a script that's going to go, we need to bring up the Eighth Doctor's console room. We need to rebuild that. And BBC's going to go, yeah, sure. (laughs) But the idea that we could makes me happy.
2: That's like the idea that the TARDIS is sentient enough that it helps decide, you know, this theme matches this character. Yeah. Uh, even not so much just the doctors, the masters matches the masters, the Ronnies matches the Ronnies. I like that idea also. That the TARDIS is in tune with its driver, eh, owner, eh, cohort, and, <laughs> and will you know adjust the desktop theme accordingly. At least that's the theory I like to buy into.
0: Yeah, I would agree.
2: Because obviously, like Eleven didn't choose his he. The TARDIS chose it for him, so and it just
3: knew. Yeah. What do you, you mentioned the sci-fi elements of it. Do you feel that there are times where I look at the newer consoles in particular, and I feel like maybe we've gotten a little too whimsical um, with I've some always, of the typewriter pieces? I always,
0: or... always felt that way with Elevens. I always felt like the t- the, the console itself. I liked the setup of the room, um, but the console itself I always felt was just a little bit too whimsical. I think it matched Matt Smith's characterization of the Doctor. So I think it, it on some level, felt appropriate, but it has always bothered me that there was, it was, if you were going to call one steampunk, that would be the, at least the console part of it, that's what I would consider something that's steampunk um, because of the fact that it had. Everyday items serving as uh, functions for you know d- uh, faucet dials.
2: Well, I think 10-9s had that a little bit of that too of push lo- of like pump levers and stuff well, the, like that. Again, that was, whereas whereas that, opposed that was to, a little more
0: industrialized. Yes, this was more common. Da- well, so steam. I think
2: even industrial kind of takes the sci-fi out of it. It makes it a bit more seems like somebody built it as opposed to. Classic series where it's all literally switches and levers and well, very no, very precise.
0: Certainly, controls. there's that step, but I think it's even more of a step towards steampunk when you're using everyday items in order. It, it reminds me of uh, Doc Brown in Back to the Future when the third film we go back into uh, the past into 1885 and he's built all of these different contraptions out of the objects that he has available as uh, specifically the the uh, re- uh not refrigeration but the uh, the the freezer that he's the yeah, ice cube maker yeah, he's cube maker. yeah uh, that he's melt built um the 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 train itself when it's when it's retrofitted later in the for uh time travel I, that to me is very much taking things that are common everyday objects and creating something futuristic or functional to me See, the even one step closer to steampunk
3: the, the the difference i would challenge on that one is in in my mind um, you're, you're not wrong in that steampunk does take kind of those items in order to create a more futuristic look but it's it's still has to be an item that matches the whatever you're building you know what i mean and the reason that back to the future definitely falls into that is because well i mean it's a steam locomotives so there are yeah. pipes and it's there's literally really like, you're, steam you're so it's, it's very much right S- there.
0: Steampunk derives its uh, name from the power source that's right. Right. used and I realize that but I think what steampunk has evolved into is is vastly different from where it started. But I, I, th- I
3: think there's this, uh, I, I, don't, I don't know for sure so somebody out there may have to correct me if I'm wrong but I, in my mind if you're just using an everyday item that's not like um well like the typewriter I hate to harp on that one but uh the typewriter in my mind is not a steampunk kind of thing it's it's more like you know what it's, probably, it's more like junkyard well, you know there's like a sub I don't of even steampunk. think it's I don't it's, even
0: think it's junkyard I think we're I think we're even maybe pulling it out of the wrong era I suppose if you were going to put a label on it it's hipster
3: okay there you go I'll go with that <laughs> so
0: let's let okay so I will take the steampunk Definition off of that and say it's too hipster for me. And hipster is fine. I'm not deriding okay. re- retro chic. T- that that t- yeah <laughs> retro chic.
1: I'm not deriding
0: that recycled, that, uh, deriding that uh, lifestyle or or you know choice. That's that's fine. But it's too hipster for me. So
2: yeah, I could see it being a little hipster. I think it's interesting that it then goes to a bit more. Not quite as industrial, but more sci-fi with his next incarnation. Yeah,
0: his... and, and, and I like that console room better than the uh, or the console itself. I li- if you could take that console and put it in his first console room, then he would have the perfect meld for me for the 11th Doctor's console room. You know. See, but that
2: this doesn't match
0: the rest of the room. Well, I meant the style, not necessarily the coloring. And the... <laughs>
3: <laughs> really brought the room together.
2: Although it was kind of blue...
3: But see, I feel like we've kind of gone back now with the thirteenth, where it's we're back into having the more whimsy, and uh, you know. Well, the
2: fact that it spits out a biscuit.
3: <laughs> Maybe.
2: <laughs> I don't know. I can't see enough of it behind the pillars. Oh, that's true. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's I too was, dark, and the pillars are.
3: I was, it's too tight. I was
0: thinking that the other day. We really have not gotten really good glimpses of the console for um, the Thirteenth Doctor's TARDIS, and that's a shame because of those silly crystalline arms, And I, I think
3: Kerblam is probably the gosh. one where we get the best, longest view of the console. Yeah. And uh, Ghost the, the, Monument th- maybe. There's one angle in bush. between where she's picking up the box and it's, it's kind of in between the pillars, but then there's three companions cluttered around it and it's just like, eh, I still can't see anything.
0: <laughs> Ghost Monument, I think we get a good
2: push into there at the end where you see a good chunk of a bit and a big nice pull out when you get first her reaction, then you see the that's rate. what I meant to pull out. Yeah,
0: yeah, that was a truck shot forward, but it was pulled.
3: So, with the idea that tardises are um, <laughs> meant to be driven by six time lords, which is why the hexagonal shaped um, console. I don't know that I could see. I. <laughs> You, you have to have one of the old school, <laughs> that has to be the default setting, is the only thing I can come up with, like the First Doctor. that That's kind of just the, this is the way they come. Because if I'm a Time Lord, and I've got my robes and my hood and my shoulder pads on, and there's six of us standing around a circle, you're not going to crowd six people around the Coral uh, console. It's just not going to work.
0: Well, to be, <laughs> to be fair, I think, yeah, I think you're... Planting tongue firmly in cheek here, but a little think, bit, yeah. to be fair, when you're flying in a TARDIS, you're probably not dressed to the nines like you would be for the High Council. <laughs> you know, I mean, look CIA. at the, look at the well, or look at the reporter guy in Deadly Assassin. He's not decked out regally, yeah, but he's true. clearly a Time just, Lord. So well, I think just there's the I yeah, think no, there's just certainly just more of a, cap. a casual or a military dress. I think a, a good example would be um, what's his name from uh, the Five Doctors, the the, the cat. Uh, is it is he the castellan The castellan man? yeah uh, yeah so i mean he's not I mean, he's got larger robes but it's not the big shoulder pads it's not the sweeping you know hat collar that kind of stuff
2: but. regardless it still seems a bit excessive surely it would, it, hexagonal is there really enough for one person to do at one side couldn't, wouldn't it more of, you know, take two sides and split it in three people flying the console? Makes a bit more sense. Not as crowded to me.
0: We all read Engines of War, right? You finally mm-hmm. got around to reading mm-hmm. that, it. That was, I, to me, now granted, we're talking about a war TARDIS, which is, is fitted for war. Very but, different. Yeah, yeah. But that, to me, gave me a good indication of how uh, a TARDIS console was meant to be manned. And it was five people, or five. Yes, it was five people and a lead pilot. Well, not a pilot, but a a commander.
3: Kind of goes back to the uh, Enterprise bridge concept. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, certainly.
0: But uh, to to me, I think that gave me a better uh, concept of how perhaps a more standard run of the mill. TARDIS was probably highlighted as well.
2: When I read that part, I thought, well, it's a war TARDIS, and so there's a lot more bells and whistles that are needed well, certainly f- are. for the yeah. combat aspect. and Because I also, from what I remember the descriptions that they gave, they weren't so much all huddled around one console. They no, had different, the, the they had console, com- like, separated
0: stations. The console was much bigger, and they, they were further out at stations from yeah. the console.
3: I suppose it depends on the mission too. And there know, was a yeah. seat
0: for that one because the commander yeah. did have a seat. If
3: you're you're going out to uh, you know hunt the great vampires, you probably want six people on hand. <laughs> oh yeah. To uh...
0: no, because then you're just flying a bow ship and use just one seat.
3: <laughs> That's so disappointing. <laughs> <laughs> the great bow ships that does not speak is a one pilot vessel. <laughs> What else? Where would you go from here now? Now that we've, we we've had all these different console I mean, what what's your ideal console room? If in you if, if you were if you were in charge of designing it, what would you? What what's an element that you have to have?
0: I'd take the I'd take any sort of pillaring out of there, unless you could do what they did <laughs> the with the, getters, if the girders. If you could do the girders like they did with the Eighth Doctor, I think those worked really well. They were thin and they were minimal. They didn't take up a lot of visualization or space, and they were also very tall. They, yeah. they went quite up before they came back and kind of hooked down over the, the time rotor. I think that was the perfect example of adding an accent around it um, because we never had that before. Mm-hmm. We had never had that with any mm-hmm. of the other consoles. It was a wide open, spacious room, very minimal. Um, well, that was the first
3: time that we'd had a time rotor that went all the way up to the ceiling. Yes, all the rest yes. of them were... Just you of, know. Like yeah, came to a certain you point. You could put your hat or a cat on top so of it.
0: So, <laughs> if if you had to have some sort of um, structure around the TARDIS, I think that I would revisit no, maybe not exactly the girder look, but something similar to that. I think the problem with the coral, I think the problem with the uh, even in, in the 12th Doctor's room with the, more of the, the, the steel uh, uh, railing around the outside that kind of encompassed. The, the book shelving in the second floor even maybe was a bit too much. I don't think I would go that far again, even though I think it was appropriate for 12. Um, but I think you could almost get rid of all that altogether and just go back to a centralized con- console. One mm-hmm. of the things that I did like in the Coral setting were, although they were very rugged and, and <laughs> reminding me of a, a, a bombing ship, a, bom- a, a, a like a be Fifty-two or something like that, were the jump seats. I thought the jump seats were very cool, and those were even in 11s uh, mm.
1: uh,
2: uh, eleven's. elevens TARDIS yeah. as well.
0: The jump seats, I thought, was a neat idea. I mean, you're not you don't want to stand around the TARDIS all the time, especially if you've got a long flight. So, I think bringing the uh, the jump jump seats back, but maybe making them look a little more a little less ragged <laughs> might uh, a little more comfortable, I, I more do... crash friendly. Yeah, I think I would do something like that. Seat belts. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a, nice, I mean, a nice big tall time rotor too. I think it needs, which I think they really haven't gotten away from that. But I like the big. I like they a all
2: kind of go to the ceiling now.
0: Yeah, I like the big tall time rotor. I like to see. I'm sorry, I keep getting <laughs> no, no. Go for have it. Have you ever seen the? I, I can't remember where I've seen this, but it's a um, it's a a metallic, almost like ball bearings stacked and getting smaller and kind of tapering down
3: oh yeah like th- a uh, um is there
0: a word for that or is that a piece of art that i'm visualizing in my head i think that would be kind of cool having large bell bell of it at the top and then just you know kind of it, it almost kind of shapes like this down as it it's, it's like it's smaller.
3: like a um I want to say barometric yes uh, yes yes I think a barometer kind of yeah uh, I
0: think that the the how they kind of taper down yeah that I think that would look cool as a time rotor over the middle so would I be think cool. I would figure out a way to incorporate something like that sorry
3: uh oh, or a pendulum or something there should be something hanging in the middle of the
0: <laughs> pendulum screams time so that was true cool. well, you could have one of those ones that uh, you always see in the uh Exploration centers where it's hanging down, and then it's got it the. Just, it looks like an arrowhead that's completely mm, round. Yeah. And it points down, and it does the. And it rocks to the different positions. That would be kind of cool. It would be. Although you might get clocked in the head if you were standing too
1: close
3: to.
0: It, it it would, I, now, I,
3: now I want them to work this in where we walk past a room in the TARDIS where there is one of those. One of those. But it's constantly etching out the uh, infinity? The, the infinity oh, time or yeah. signal. Yeah. Just that's what it does, and that it's just like.
0: That would be neat.
3: Set dressing. <laughs> <laughs> I really don't
2: know. If I have no ideas. None? No, I've never really thought of, you know, I'd redecorate it this way. Newbie. No, just, maybe going back to more he simpler.
0: Just is afraid that somebody walk in and say, You've redecorated.
3: I don't want, I, yeah, don't I, don't like, want I don't want to hear it. <laughs> I um, it's it's too
2: too daunting to find something from scratch. You know, if I had a room to, here, make this a console room, I could probably figure something out. But if I had a blank canvas, I just get frozen with oh, there are too many options. So you want the Legos, you yeah, don't want much. the blank. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. And then if I
3: want to, I can. Tweak it and modify it based off of my taste. Well, what if it was? What if it was a video game where it's like, okay, build your console room, and you have to pick elements and customize. Yeah, I'm, your, I'm you know. never good at that either.
2: I'd wind up with a '60s console room <laughs> because you know it. Because it's familiar. no, just because it's simple. The default right. well, setting: yeah. it's white walls, console in the center. There we go. Let's now. Can I play gonna, my freaking game, play. please? I don't want to spend three hours creating Keith, something. You've only put one roundel um, on the wall. <laughs> Is it important? No, get me to the plot.
3: <laughs> I I spend way too much time customizing.
2: Yeah, and I never do. I I'm just okay, just get me going cuz I also hardly ever see like my character. I yeah, I don't really care what I look like. Just let me play. Choose for me, because whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Let me get to the action. I want to. I want to right do something. Right. I don't want to decide something
3: nope. the whole time. You guys
0: are two vastly different people <laughs> in that way, and I think I'm right in the middle of you. Yeah. I want to. I want to design to a certain point, and then I want to get into the action. You're. A, I want to design all day long, and you're a. I want to get right to the action.
3: Right. Um. For mine, I. I, I have to have the round things. I, I don't. Well, oh, that's yes. I, but I mean the.
2: That's a that's a that's a non-starter.
3: The the round lighted, right. see those are don't like the, the, one cor, the, the core a, ones from the War Doctors
0: uh, TARDIS. With, yeah. With the more coral um, uh, design, uh, the, the, by that I mean the, the console that was in the Coral yeah. Room is very similar, but with the, uh, the classic white, the white background. White
3: yeah. But yeah, I gotta have I gotta have the white roundels. Uh, at least one wall of them. Maybe not necessarily the whole room, but at least one wall of those because that's, you know, that's there. I do like the 13th Doctor's um, bizarre little outer shell of hexagon glass. 82, Especially if those wind up being view screens or touch panels or if if it was something where you could suddenly incorporate and, you know, look at data or something on them and make them functional and not just... uh, pretty. Yeah. I I would love the idea of being able to do something like that. Um, and then, yeah, probably a, a weird, um, a weird cross between the, the eighth doctor's console with uh, the wooden finish. <laughs> and, um, I don't know. I, I, I'm kind of torn on the time rotor. I don't know that I necessarily want one to go all the way up into the ceiling, but I do like that. It's kind of very warp core, you know?
2: I'd put levers back on for the door.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I would agree.
3: Yeah, I think we a, can all agree on lever for the door. For the just big, going I'm to open with, it. With a big red knob. I don't know if I'd go that far. <laughs> no, I want a big red knob on it. Cool.
2: And a coat rack. <laughs> oh, oh.
3: You must have a coat rack. A, a coat rack and an extension cord. <laughs> <laughs> but I'd tape mine down. <laughs>
0: Sean, what are we going to come up on the schedule?
3: Because I would trip over it. <laughs> Probably into the coat rack. <laughs> <laughs> Which would then fall over that railing and into the pipes down there, and I'd never get it back. Yeah, so I see. It uh, coming up next on the schedule. Uh... It's, not, oh, on it's there. not on there. You're right. Uh, we're doing Planet Comic Con uh, next week uh, because of Planet Comic Con, which is the largest uh, geek uh, gathering in the midwest uh will be uh, in Kansas City and we will all be there in some capacity or another uh so we're going to kind of give you a recap of that and hit the highlights and then uh the following week if i have my dates right is the revisionist yes yes, yes. is a uh, uh, big fan of short trips uh 9.1 the Revisionist by Andy Frank-Mallon and uh, an interview. Andy will be joining us on the uh, on the cast and kind of giving us a State of the Union address on all things uh, Brigverse, kind of an update on where things are at, and maybe he'll talk a little bit about this uh, awesome two-part uh, adventure that's with Lucy Wilson. Lucy. yeah. i say we can get Tim on.
0: Yeah, that'd be fun. Yeah, that would be good. All right, very good. Well, uh, make sure that uh, if you can, uh, you become a supporter on Patreon. If you're already a supporter, we appreciate it. All that uh, money goes right into this program, uh, allowing us to keep this going, podcast going.
3: And it's because of people like you that is keeping the rendition of Doctor in Distress from hitting the airwaves. <laughs> <laughs> and I know people like Jameson. Thank you very much for that. So, yes.
0: <laughs> All right, anything else we need to touch on this week before we close the show? If not, until next week, I'm Glenn
3: I'm Sean I'm Keith Cheers Good night, everybody
2: Be seeing you Thanks for listening
0: You have been listening to Traveling the Vortex Doctor Who and all of its associated programs are owned and trademarked by the BBC No infringement
1: is intended or implied